And they found that in that group, that in that group, the high-fived children achieved more, persevered more, um, were more creative. When you didn't specify or label them at all, they just felt seen and loved for exactly whatever it was that they were doing, and they would do more of it. Welcome to the Relational Parenting Podcast. I'm Jennifer Hayes, a parent coach and 20-year childcare veteran. Each week, I sit down with my own father, Rick Hayes, and discuss the complicated issues that parents face today, as well as some of the oldest questions in the book. From the latest research and the framework of my relational parenting method, we offer thought-provoking solutions to your deepest parenting struggles. Added bonuses include intergenerational wounding discussions and guest childcare experts. We will also start taking your parenting questions in episode five. So be sure to comment with your biggest questions or email me directly at Jenny at JennyB.co. Let's get started. All right. You ready? I hit record. So we're on. We're officially on. Welcome aboard. (laughs) Everybody. Oh, you going to do the intro this week? No. You want, but I could do that sometime. Not not this week, but yeah. I like it. I think Welcome Aboard was great. I think that's it. Um, awesome. Yeah. Hi. We're on the we're on the relational parenting podcast, guys. Um, <laughs> in case you didn't know that. Uh episode twenty-eight. We are over halfway through a year. Chugging along. It's crazy. And we're booked out for the rest of the year. When you just sit down and start doing things, it's amazing how soon it becomes a habit. Every, you know, every business coach is just like, just start. Do it messy. Do it dumb. Do it it terrible. Like, be off. I tell, now when I tell people, like, yeah, I have a podcast. They're like, oh my God, I want to go listen to it. I'm like, okay, but like, start on episode like 10 or 11, please. I've I've seen that in other podcasts. Do 15 and then start releasing them, was the one I heard. Yeah. Yeah. Get your um, mic squared away and, you know. Or just, like, <laughs> just, I don't, like, yeah, just, like, the way, the setup, the camera angle, that we're still not pros by any means, but we have a consistent look, and I don't, I feel like we just talk more smoothly and we're more comfortable and yeah. all of the things, and we've hit a little bit of a flow. I posted a couple days ago. Like, I was like, you know, wondering if the relational parenting podcast is for you. And then I posted slides of like, I was like this, you know, a peek inside a typical episode. And ah. it it was one that I created randomly. I hadn't really thought about it. It was just like, oh, I should do a post about like, if people haven't listened yet, like, here's what to expect. Um, and we kind of started this you know, I have bullet point, I jot down bullet points. I'm like, okay, this is what we're going to talk about this week. It's extremely random. There's yeah. Millions of topics on, on parenting and life skills and, and endless, um, endless talking points. And so I just pick one every week that, um, you know, either is coming up with questions from parents or, um, is in the news or whatever. And, 
I literally just jot down bullet points the night before and I'm like, Hey, go read these yeah. before we jump yeah. on camera. Yeah. And well, then we talk about outline. it. Yeah, it's good to have an outline. You don't want it but, scripted. But but uh, we have a flow, like a very natural flow emerged. And so I was able to write that, like, we usually start by introducing our topic, and then we talk about our own experiences with that topic, um, and then we pull out all the different pieces of that topic, and then we offer solutions and um, mindset options and research and all of these things. And then there's usually some discussion or digging into, like, like your parenting or our parent, you know, mm-hmm. parent child mm-hmm. past, uh, and, and, you know, having those di- like sometimes difficult conversations. And then, um, we kind of wrap up and I said, I was like, along the way, there's usually some kind of silly story or dad joke or ADHD tangent, but I, I was writing it and I was like, Oh, like we started without a plan, but we very naturally hit a flow of, in our episodes yeah. of like the yeah. way things normally go. And yeah. it was just kind of cool to see because I was just yeah. Like, I like the pieces where you know there's some situation, and I go, well, this I remember handling a situation like that, like this in days of yore, and here's how I do it now. And then hearing your days side, of yore, uh, yeah, you know, I feel <laughs> like I'm getting up there. And uh, and then hearing your your take on well, okay, I've I've taken care of a hundred kids or whatever, you know, with with broader experience, and uh, and hearing yeah. uh, other better ideas, you know, you never you never done coming up with new ideas and trying to implement them, Mm-mm. especially never. in the middle of a stressful situation, you know, when you just want to grab them by the hair and say, come over here, <laughs> and sit down. It's like use your words, <laughs> right? So. Anyway, that's fun. Our topic today <laughs> um, <laughs> is uh, praise. So the way that we praise our children sets them up for success or failure and short term and long term. And the study that I want, there's a, there there have been multiple studies, but um, they have studied, they've taken children very young children, um, and put them into two groups and they've studied the effects of different kinds of praise, um, on the, on the two different groups and the groups, um, group one was praised based on outcomes and achievements and goals met. Mm-hmm. Um, and group two was praised on Effort, hard work, perseverance, getting back up after a failure, um, creativity. So, the, so group two hmm. was all praised for all the steps um, along the way to the goal, and group one was only praised when they achieved a goal. And group one represents what we do to our children most of the time as adults who are well-intentioned and encouraging our kids to make goals and hit goals and um, schools who want kids to get good grades and learn things like the, the intention is to encourage learning. Uh, But well, we'll talk about, about the effects later. So group one praise on based on outcomes and goals and achievements models, what most of the world, how most of the world praises people and specifically children. And group two models 
the encouragement of the mindset, um, which is much more, what much healthier and and serves you better throughout your life, um, long term is is encouraging, enjoying the journey, and what strengths that I do have, and learning along the way, and failing, and get getting back up, and finding new ways to do things, and problem solving, and persevering, uh, those that group models a different mindset and a different approach to life where you're happy no matter what's going on. You're trying your best. Your worth is based on just you being a good human and not on checking boxes that someone else decided makes you a good human Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and things like that. Um, So those two groups were obviously studied side by side and what they found from that study and from multiple studies that mirror it um, is that the group one that was praised solely for outcomes actually started having a lower performance, having achieving fewer outcomes um, and having much lower motivation because there were, there was no praise along the way. They weren't um, praised for like their intrinsic value and their contribution to the project or to the, Mm -hmm. to the topic. They were only praised if they achieved the thing. Um, And so failure, um, their resilience to failure plummeted because if they failed, they just fell apart because they didn't achieve the first time. They can no longer uh, top their last achievement. So yeah, that would be discouraging. Um, no more praise. Well, and they also weren't praised for the steps that it takes to achieve the goal along the way. So if they failed, they didn't have anything to fall back on. Like I worked really hard and that's a good skill to have. So I'm going to try again. Or I came up with a new way of trying something and that's created creativity. Even though it didn't work that first time, I have the ability and creativity in me to think of another way. It was just, you failed and didn't achieve the thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it just Doesn't leaves the child came to it. empty yeah. and with nothing to fall back on. Yeah. And the group that was praised for the steps that it takes and along the way and the character traits and the perseverance and the creativity and all of those things, they would get up and try again. They would get mm-hmm. up and try again. And their performance, mm-hmm. they outperformed the achievers every single yeah. time. Yeah, I um, do a little better. And then, and so I wanted to present that. And then there's another study where they studied the effect of nonverbal praise against any kind of verbal praise. Hmm. And they found that there, there was a group of kids who were praised for both achievement and um, perseverance and skills along the way mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. all of that praised out loud verbally. And there was a group that was only given high fives. Not hugs, not just high fives. This particular study, it was high fives was this point of the study. Um, But it was a physical connection and just a high five celebration. Okay. Like, or or, and like maybe they said, yeah, Yeah. or whatever, but it was just a high five and no verbal praise. And they found that that in that group, that in that group, the high-fived children achieved more, persevered more, um, were more creative. When you didn't specify or label them at all, 
they just felt seen and loved for exactly whatever it was that they were doing, and they would do more of it. There's a little more flexibility, too, because just like we have our own pictures in our heads, if you if you catch your kid being good, I remember a, a phrase from a book of long ago, excuse me, if uh, uh, you just catch them being good and give them a high five, then they're mm-hmm. allowed to they're allowed to take that the way they want it. It's not you're, yeah. you're not saying I'm glad you did this this way. You know, it's like that was good, attaboy. You know, it's, uh, it's pr- I can see that being a lot more effective rather than uh, analyzing it too much or imposing a parental view yeah. on it. And the other the other piece of that with the high fives is that there's also a physical connecting. So when, Mm -hmm. so when you are physically connecting either with a teammate or with an adult that loves you or with your peers, there's a heightened sense of celebration and connection and teamwork and validity. Um, and it also bonds people like you see teams, you know, they, um, one of the studies with high fives was actually done on NBA players and, um, this is grownups, not just little kids. Mm. Yeah. And so you see like, like in volleyball, we would, we would walk through, like we would form two lines of our team Mm -hmm. uh, before a game and we'd walk through and high five each other and then smack each other on the butt. (laughs) Um, before we played and we'd be like, let's go, let's go, let's go. And like we connect physically um, before heading out onto the court and it amps you up and it gets your, your blood flowing gets your body and like you're touching your teammates. And nowadays I don't, I don't know that they allow kids sports to touch each other on the butt because there's a boys whole and girls split sports. Thing. And yeah. That but, just um, get all complicated in a lawyer's office. But back then yeah, yeah. that was the point is that connecting physically yeah. either with your child or with a teammate or with a peer um, and celebrating, sharing and celebration that way yeah. is that much more effective than verbal and labeling. It strikes me as as a little uh, ritual or ceremony or something, just like you have a yeah. uh, a big medal presentation thing at the end of the Olympics, you know. But on a more continuous, you know, a more granular scale, you know, it's like, hey, there's a there's an achievement, there's something to be looked forward to at yeah. every game, even the next yeah. game. If you didn't do your best this game or this chance to compete or whatever it is, there's there's always tomorrow, you know, and you can do the same thing tomorrow. It's just uh, just that. I can't, the word attaboy just keeps coming, coming back to my head. You get some encouragement and uh, reward uh, every time. Well, and after, I, I just thought of this after the games, like I'm using volleyball as my example, because that was mm-hmm. my favorite thing. Um, mm-hmm. We would walk after the game, no matter who won, no matter what the outcome of the game was, you'd walk by the other team and you'd high five and say, good game, good game, good game, good yeah. game. And I'm just now realizing I used to, and it was called, it was like being, being a good sport Um, and just because you're competing doesn't mean you're enemies. And um, back then in the way things were divvied up, 
you know, we were from different tribes. We were from different schools. And so it didn't yeah. really register yeah. with me Very why we much. would do that. I was like, this is stupid. <laughs> um, but I see now looking back on it and knowing what I know now is that we were saying good game because we all showed up. We all played really hard. We all gave our best effort. We all played as a team with our teammates. Yeah. Um, and those are all intrinsic values, not outcome values. Yeah. And so when you're forced to to congratulate someone that you competed with, even though we were teenagers and I didn't understand it at the time, I understand it now. I'm actually getting chills talking about it. The importance of physically connecting with an enemy and congratulating them, even if they beat you or if you beat mm-hmm. them, mm-hmm. like that's like that's like that's powerful like it's community it is, and it is. it's distinguishing teaching you to distinguish between an enemy you know this is life threatening yeah. warfare soldier uh die or be you know kill or be killed and competition and yeah. and and the tribal team it's like well he's chosen a he's chosen the red team i've chosen the blue team and uh, so now let's we must see, murder each other. Let's see what happens without Ooh, having to murder. That's political. Anybody, you know, that's political. Yeah, we have well, to, we, because we're on different teams, we have to hate each other. Don't even get me started on the, you know, <laughs> when public figures start referring to competitors as enemies, that's bad news, baby. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, so I'm going to bring it back. We're going to not jump into politics yeah, today. Let's not start. To, let's not touch. <laughs> let's not light that fuse. We don't need to further polarize yeah. the nation. Um, but I wanted to bring this up. I wanted to introduce this study, um, and then we're going to jump into a little bit more detailed uh, examples and ways to mitigate the way that you praise children, et cetera. Um, but the goal, the the mission statement of this episode ooh, ooh. is is kind of, le- it's, you know, I don't know if you guys all had posters up in your high schools, um, like these like motivational posters with like random photos of beautiful things mm-hmm. on them. And then it would say, mm-hmm. you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. That's uh, right. Or... But there was always one that said, and life is about the journey, not the destination. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But Find good people. we yeah. tell adults to enjoy the journey. Be happy now. Be happy where you are now. Don't miss out on experiencing your life because you're so focused on this future goal or this future like vision of when things will someday be perfect or better or happier or more relaxed or less chaotic or whatever you think the future is achievement is where you'll finally be happy yeah it's not true and that never happens you need to enjoy the life that you're building right now but for 18 years while you're growing up we're going to tell you that all that matters is checking this box and getting an a and checking this box and going to college and making sure you get the the a on the paper and the a on the test and take this assessment that tells you how smart you are and like what happens we, after we 12 years, you know, indoctrinate children into achievement junkies and then they become adults and are sent out into the world to navigate things and and they crash and fucking burn. Yeah. And they hate out. their lives and they wonder why they feel yeah. like this. And yeah. 
be and nice so, to be, be nice to uh, to arm our children uh, to handle that, to be resilient against or within that, and uh, take a day. You know, good to teach the kids day at a time, because life changes on a dime. Anybody that's been around a while will tell you. You know, they mm-hmm. are not standing where they expect to exact. Most people are not standing exactly where they expected to be five years ago. You know, stuff happens. I don't know Car- anybody right. who makes a five-year you know? plan and ends up exactly where that plan. I'm sure there's somebody plan. that pulls it off, and they're probably really annoying. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> right? Wouldn't Everyone that hates that person. I'm exactly where I thought I was going to be 52 years ago, you know. Well, oh, you sound yeah, like a really boring person to be around. <laughs> well, or, really tedious. or what, did, what did you have to do? to right. your environment to make that happen. Or to yourself. Like, like, do you yeah. even know who you are if you, know, you that would be became hard. so ingrained in a specific plan <laughs> that you didn't grow or change in the five years since yeah. you made it? Yeah. I'm not the same person I was five years ago. I'm not the same exactly. person I was a month ago. Or have the same goals, you know, a lot of times. Like, so, yeah. So you just, you got to be, you got to go with the flow a little bit because the, the flow will carry you away. Otherwise, you know, you got to be prepared for the change. So it's good to, good to teach your kids that, I think. You know, it's good to have goals. You got to have goals or nothing ever yeah. happens. But yeah. you got to be able to make new goals when those aren't going to become, a, you know, when it becomes apparent, those are not going to work out. Or you change your mind. I always... Yeah, because all along the way, you never know when you're going to, like, run into a new idea or a new way of thinking yeah. about something that yeah. you're going to be like, oh, I'm going to tweak the plan. It's not yeah. that you make a plan for five years from now and you end up on a completely different path. Some people do. Yeah. I've done that. I've That's definitely been the definition of my life. But yeah. I've always been I've always been redirected toward the thing that I, my heart actually wants and mm-hmm. that actually fulfills me versus the thing that I'm trying to rationalize myself into doing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I making plans on, so there's a saying called, um, making plans on shifting sands. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you may, so, so, but my favorite way of thinking about having a plan is that I am going, these are, this is where I want to be in five years, or this is how much money I want to be making, or this is, you know, I want to be married or I want to have kids by this age. or I want to like, whatever Whatever your grand plan is, make it non-specific, make it. Hmm. I mean, like I want to have kids by the time I'm this Hmm. age, um, feels specific, but the, What's specific is, well, I want to start having kids at this age. So right now I have to take this step and it has to take this step and it has to be this step in order to get there. That's the value when in of reality plan, you got to work backwards and say, okay, what's my next step? You know, I got to, if I'm well, no, get but there. In, no, but in reality, there's no one path that gets you to that goal. That's you true might too. take four different winding paths and end up still end up at that goal. Yeah. But you have to allow life to take you on the journey and teach you the things that you need to know in order to be the person who is ready for that goal to come into their lives. And if we teach that, if we start teaching our children and praising our children 
only for outcomes or only for checking the right, what we consider to be the right boxes, what society mm-hmm. tells you is the right box to success, mm-hmm. the right path, idea. then yeah. your view becomes tunnel visioned and you you suppress all of your own innate urges and heart songs and things that you are naturally drawn to and attracted to and good at because you're so focused on this one path to success, this one path to achieve a goal that you miss out on the fucking trees and roses and hills and, and journey and people that you're going to meet along the way and where you're supposed to go before you get to that point. And a lot of people, it's not you. It's you're 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 running down somebody else's yeah. life, yeah, somebody else's expectation. When a lot of people, a lot of high achieving people who are hyper focused like that, they achieve that goal. So think of think of people who hit celebrity at a very young age. What do all those teenagers do when they make that much money and they they very often they achieve being successful way too early in life. Yeah. They self fucking destruct. Yeah. Because they times, did I mean, not they're they're They not did even... not take a journey of growth and learning to get them to a place where they could handle that yeah. level of success and yeah. resources and money. So yeah. they were just they had they had parents or they themselves were just happened to be extremely driven and told them you have to do these things and achieve this much success and then yeah. you'll be good for the rest of your life and they achieve it and and they're like they burn it to the ground because they yeah. don't want to be doing what they're doing. Yeah, too much pressure. Too too much pressure too soon. What is it? Our brains aren't really fully formed. 28. Physically, biologically, till mid twenties, you know. I th- I've I've said for years, you know, you can be an, an uh, you know, athletes have the same problem. Any any uh, Hollywood yeah. professional sports, any place handing a twenty year old a million dollars is just a bad idea. You yeah. know, it needs to be put in escrow till they're about thirty five right. <laughs> or thirty, right? And it's like, okay, now you can take this out, and it, you know, but but handing child stars and their parents, you know, now their parents are messing with them, and yeah. and yeah, a lot a lot of money, a lot of responsibility at too young an age is a bad thing. Get businesses in the military, I think, are are very big on screening for that. You know, it's like uh, you you can see mm-hmm. managers who have been brought along too quickly. You know, they. They're power hungry beats. They, yeah, whatever, however mm-hmm. it manifests, they are not balanced. They are not, uh, you know, and they, and they end up, uh, tearing things up pretty good or tearing up people along the way. And so there's a, there's a flow to life, you know, you gotta, you gotta take it step by step and it, it you know, of developing a kid or ourselves so that we are, Okay, here's where I am, and I'm okay with that. And how I got here, you you have to accept, and uh, and like your yoga example, you you learn it yourself, and then so you can teach it to somebody else, and uh, and uh, it's like okay, here's where I am, and try to get real about that, and then you take it day by day. Uh, David Goggins, uh, I'm I've been doing 
doing mm-hmm. some reading and it's there's a very there's a lot of uh and, and it's tied up with mindfulness we all these all these mm-hmm. current topics are all meshed together you know but these minute by minute decisions we make you know you got to be mindful or some version of that to stay in the moment and make good decisions you know based on your principles based on not Hopefully your principles you've internalized, not uh, not uh, something you read out of a book that's you decided was a good goal or somebody something somebody told you was a good goal when you were five or ten or fifteen, and uh, you know find your find your own way, learn to find your own way, and pay it, learn from others. But it's it's baby steps. It's all baby steps because for well, tomorrow order, is not promised. In order to do that, we have to start encouraging that in children when they're young, when they're born, Um, like find your own way after 18 years of indoctrination into an achievement society is like, that's why my generation, like the millennials, we were all in therapy for a decade in our twenties because we were (laughs) like, what the fuck was that? Like I, my childhood was (laughs) one world was one world. And then, and then I was thrown into the actual world and, and none, nothing works like that. Nothing yeah. works the way that I was raised. <laughs> and yeah. yeah, so the, so I also want to say that no one is telling you guys as parents to not encourage your children to make goals and value achievements oh, yeah. and, and hitting goals. It's about... Yeah. We're about not focusing, especially with young children starting at young ages, not focusing on achievement as the goal in life. The goal in life is to live a fulfilled, happy life. And the way that you live a fulfilled, happy life is understanding that hard shit's going to happen and knowing how to navigate it when it does. Yep. Learn, know how to, know how to, know how to deal, know how to persevere. And it's and encouraging long-term, short-term goals, you know. Yeah. So, so some of the ways um, that we—I literally caught myself doing this the other day. I'm part-time taking care of a newborn right now, and um, even talking to the to the newborn, she's she's eight weeks, nine weeks old now, and Ooh. I had her like laying down on the couch and I was kind of over her and like we were talking, she was cooing and mm-hmm. trying to copy Aww. my facial expressions and, yeah. um, teachers, you know, all the things. And she, I, every time she would like, like move her face to match mine or whatever, I'd be like, Oh, good job. Like whatever. And I'm like, no, don't say good job. Um, <laughs> and so right. that was my favorite. <laughs> I would be I I would say things I'd correct myself and I'd say things like ah, I see you trying so hard look at that you copied my face like and and expressing joy over what we were doing together and how fun it mm-hmm. was versus mm-hmm. you did the thing I was trying to get you to do Yeah yeah here's a cookie. And it pleased me and that's the goal <laughs> is to please me your your adult your trusted adult um, in other situations, a parent is often that one, like the goal is not to turn your children into 
people who just run around trying to please you or achieve the things you want them to achieve. The goal Mm -hmm. is to teach them like point out their intrinsic value. I see you working so hard on that. I see you using lots of colors or they show you a picture that they drew for you and it's, you know, scribbles or a rainbow Mm -hmm. or whatever. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. instead of going, Oh my God, it's so beautiful. And, and which is a judgment. It's a, it's a, it's a very nice, wonderful, loving judgment, but it's still a judgment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, My favorite one to use is, Oh my gosh, you drew that. What do you think? (laughs) And ask them, or how do you feel about it? Yeah. Um, and, and instead of laying your reaction on top of it, no matter how lovely your reaction is, hmm. allowing space for them to feel what they feel about it yeah. and just, yeah. Um, so there's a, so there's a, there's something to be said. I mean, kids learn from parents, right? But the younger they are, probably the more they learn, faster they learn. And so they are, sometimes kids are looking to parents for, uh, you know, is this good? Is this bad? I disagree. You Not know, unless kids, they've been taught that this is good and this is bad. Well, I don't know. Little kids will run and fall and skin their knee and if, and if, and they'll get up and they'll look at mom and dad. And if mom and dad are like, well, okay, go ahead, go play. Then they go about their business. If mom and dad are like, hair on fire, then they start to cry. I mean, they take, kids take cues from parents. They take cues, but kids aren't black and white. Kids don't know what good and bad is when they're that young. They're looking, they're, so they're, uh, so maybe I'm being particular about your vocabulary, but you said kids look to mom and dad for what's good or bad. Kids look to mom and dad simply for validation or wondering what the hell just happened to me. And they exactly. pull out good and bad based on our reaction. If we yeah, I'm give not talking a about good, bad, like evil. Yeah. Good or bad. I know that you're not, I'm like okay. still like kids aren't looking to mom and dad going, was that a good or a bad thing? They're just looking to see what your reaction is so that they know what happened. It's, what's, uh, it's what's neutral a reaction. Yeah, it's neutral. And when a parent stays neutral, the child is allowed to then tune into themselves and go, exactly. yeah, no, that hurts. And I'm going to cry or yeah. that was scary. And I'm, and I need to release it. So I'm going to cry yeah. or, um, Oh, or it doesn't like, that, that, was, that was like, Whoa. And like, <laughs> okay, but I'm okay. And I'm going to run and play. If mom and yeah. dad remain neutral, there's no, the world doesn't become black and white for a child because the world itself is not black and white. It's not good or bad. It just is the defining and judging of good and bad and black and white thinking is what we um, put on to children based on our perceptions and our experiences and our childhoods and moral judgments. Yeah. Other authorities. Yeah. Yeah. Gets complicated. Yeah. Um, Go ahead. I know. I just wanted to hear you. I just wanted to hear you speak to that because that's as you were saying that. I'm like, well, what about this? And there's what strikes me about all this is there's so much nuance in the whole right. in the in the whole thing. You know, every every little judgment. It's uh, complicated to write it down and explain yeah. it fully. Well, and it's crazy because I 
it's crazy how often it applies. Like if you start applying this neutrality to your life at home, you're going to start seeing just how often you are constantly judging and labeling everything in your environment and how much you are actually determining your mood and your outlook and how you feel about every little thing constantly. And if you stop doing that, whenever you're able to catch yourself and you begin to aim yourself at having a more neutral outlook and like, Oh, my child fell down. It's not the end of the world. Like they didn't smash their head open and it's an emergency. Yeah. Just, just watch them. Just make eye contact. Um, one of my favorite things to do, uh, is see how they feel. Is I reflect the surprise because no matter what, when a, when they, when they fall down, they're, they're shocked, they're jolted, they're surprised. And yeah. so when a child falls, I'll and they'll fall and I'll just go, whoa. And then and then <laughs> and it kind of just sounds like curious, like, oh, what just happened? Um, right. it's not like scary, it's not like it's not a distraction, like, oh, you're fine, get up, get up, get up, it's fine. It's just yeah. they'll fall and I'll just go, whoa, just kind of like a high pitched, like, that yeah. was weird. Like, what just happened? And then they get yeah. to stand up and have their reaction. And sometimes yeah. they have a bloody knee and they start crying and reach for me. And I'm like, oh, yeah. no, you got hurt. Oh, that yeah. stinks. That's so hard. Ouch. You know, and I'll validate and comfort them. Yeah. Um, but a lot of times I'll go, whoa, and they'll stand up and like giggle and then go back to whatever they were doing. That's right. They're like, that's right. They enjoy it's like a roller coaster or something. You and sometimes you enjoy being scared or shocked or yeah. And I and it normalizes it. It's just like, oh, that happened. And, it lets and then them they learn oh level. that happens sometimes. Yeah. And then yeah. sometimes that happens and you get hurt and it and it hurts and it's okay to cry and yeah. let that out or yeah. seek comfort or yeah. whatever. Take um, a cue from take a cue from the kids. And do that for ourselves too. I mean, there's some yes. people. People have self-talk. I, when you were talking about that, um, it strikes me how much adults do that to themselves. Oh yeah, but right? we're doing it to ourselves before we ever do it to our children. Because it was done to us. They're passing well, and they're passing judgment. I'm, I'm wondering how much of it is just the way the human brain is wired, and can get off. Maybe there's a better way to wire our brains. You know, we have a certain amount of control over that to not pass judgment on things, good or bad, to, you know, take things as they come neutrally um, as much as possible, as opposed to reacting strongly to things. Projection was the word. Is that projection? Projecting. Yeah. When uh, when we take our own stuff and project it on the outside, you know, and, and attribute it's and attribute good, bad, awful, nice to mm-hmm. things in the outside world. There's a there's a a uh, a story, a Bible story about uh, a guy. Did I use this in a couple episodes ago? About a uh, oh, what is it? A, a son falls and gets hurt. And uh, breaks his leg and uh, says, oh, that's a bad thing. And and the fathers go, is it? You know, the father's like, well, kind of, it's kind of a, well, wait and see. It is what it is. Uh, you know, we'll 
fix that. And then later on, like Roman soldiers come to draft the men, the young men of the town to go off in the army. And mm, the guy mm-hmm. goes, well, okay, all of a sudden I'm kind of glad I, my leg was broken mm-hmm. when they went through town. And it's like, is that a bad thing or not? I don't know, you know. So withhold mm-hmm. value judgments, I don't know, withhold withhold judgment on things uh, or at least be open-minded on it, you know. Yeah, I mean, you, have to, late, you have to function. Sometimes, like, you're late because they're, if you had gone on time, you would have been part of a car wreck on the interstate. Yeah, get run over or, by a bus or something. Yeah. Yeah. So withhold um, judgment, withhold, uh, be slow. Yeah. So bringing, so I want to hear, let's see. I had a question for you and of course it Uh-oh. flew away. Um, when you were parenting, What was your philosophy on praise with us before you ever read a book or had anyone else's influence? Like what going into parenting, um, just naturally what came out of you as far as praising your children, when you would do it, why you would do it, what you valued praising, what you thought needed praising, Mm -hmm. um, what what did your praise framework look like look like when you became a parent boy i think i used the phrase good job a lot yeah that's a common <laughs> but one kind yeah. of but kind of like uh kind of like a high five if if you guys if you and your brothers were pleased with yourself I was pleased. I tried to encourage that. You know, you didn't, I, it's hard to remember back that far. The, you know, when you were little, before before we'd thought about it too much about, oh, we better get organized about this. Um, I remember when you guys were older in middle school, do, started doing sports is probably what, uh, uh, brought it on was I realized that the achievement thing, you know, I, I, I did not press you guys to get records. I remember <clears throat> watching other dads in the stands. There's always, there's always one dad that's yelling at his kid, you know, at a basketball game from yeah. the stands, you know, go left, go right, dribble fast or whatever that it's like, Oh, it must just be miserable going home with him. Yeah, uh, I think my older brother was one of those. I think my dad tore up one of my brothers pretty good, probably both of my older brothers um, over sports. I remember I remember going, I just remember looking at that going, I'm not going to do that. And I remember switching to a, uh, talking with you guys after practice and encouraging you. It's like, it's like, well, in doing that, it's not about setting records. It's about, I guess I've always been about kind of been about growth. You know, it's about being a little better, you know, push yourself to be a little better than you were last time. You know, what what, what was your time in that race last time? What's your time this time when you're practicing? What was your time? You know, you just measure yourself against yourself, not against anybody else. And then if you if you have a wild you know, if you end up with a goal, <clears throat> if you developed your own goal of, well, I want to beat 
you know, this kid over here and think, mm-hmm. well, okay, what's it take to do that? You know, okay, yeah. let's go. Let's, let's say, did you make it? Are you on? Are, and then, then it would be kind of monitoring. Are you on track for that? Or, you know, uh, uh, I tried to let. I tried to make you guys self-contained. I tried to let you be self-contained. I go back to walking and um, sitting still in church and school grades and stuff. Yeah. Um, I don't remember ever pressing for straight A's or perfect behavior. It's just like, um, yeah, trying to. But that's you know, it had uh, probably had more to do with being being good at getting along, going along, um, being part of a tribe, being useful. You know, I'm kind of a utilitarian yeah. or a or a pragmatist that way. It's like be be useful, contributing to know? the good of what wherever yeah. you were, figure instead out, of figure being out what, a... your, what your role is, you know, figure yeah. out what you are. It doesn't matter whether you're a thumb or a finger or a toe or a, an ear. Uh, figure out what your part is, and then work at getting better at that. You know, I have I have a very distinct well, yeah. memory um, when I was in college. In, uh, in my senior year and I moved in with my best friend and her parents, we, we both moved yeah. into her childhood home for one semester, um, to save on rent and all of that, uh, for yeah. our last semester of college, I think. And, um, mm-hmm. when I moved in with them, your words to me were, um, make sure you leave their house better than you walked into it or something yeah. to that effect. That's like a boy, that's kind of a boy scout thing, you know, pick, and up, that your, pick up your crap and yeah. Stuck with me, obviously till now, um, of mm-hmm. like, no matter where you are, no matter where, and you might've been saying it for 20 years before I, before you said it in that phrasing, in that situation where it clicked for me, uh, mm-hmm. you were probably teaching us that our whole childhoods, but it clicked for me in that moment um, and I was like, I was like, oh, I'm part of a family. And I think it's easier to see when you're walking into a home where you don't necessarily belong. Um, team, someone has opened their home to you. You're saving, they're helping you save a bunch of money on paying rent, et, et cetera, you know, um, and they're opening their home to you and they're being gracious and they're bringing you in. And in my head, I'm like, okay, I'm going to like, like they made, it was so cute. They made us participate. Like they gave us chores. They were like, it's your turn to clean absolutely. the bathroom. It's your turn to empty the dishwasher. It's, yeah, you know, and they You're were a family. A family. Yeah. And they were a family who expected you to be at the dinner table at five 30 every night. Mm-hmm. And, and everyone sat down and, and no one left the table until the meal was over and you asked to be excused and that was family time and everyone and it was it was four or five months of my life but it was extremely educational and I remember going in and feeling so much like I belonged Mm -hmm. because I it was a voluntary invitation for them to let me come into their home. And it was a voluntary mm-hmm. choice for me to contribute Making a deal. in that way versus like the yeah. home you grow up in. Everything is just like, 
we all get a little too comfortable and entitled and late, you know, complacent and, and, oh, my mom's making me wash the dishes or whatever, you know, like we all get irritated a little easier, but when you're with people that you're not as familiar with, you almost like step up a little bit more and, and you're on your best behavior and all the things, but that stuck with me that that phrase that you said it it was so quick and so simple but it was like make sure you leave their house better than you walked into it and i Mm -hmm. like every day that's what i thought of and um i was on i was a better human being i think in those six months than i had been my entire life up to that point (laughs) keeps you on on your game that's uh, that theme comes up all the time. Making making the world a better place is what defines yeah. people for me. You know, is it uh, what if every all the I used to have little rules for you guys. What if uh, Weedy and uh, Whiffum? You know, uh, think of things in terms of what if everybody did it. You know, should I do oh. this? What if everybody did oh it? God. Right? See, you still roll your I eyes. I forgot at that, about you know? that. That's, See, dad that's, jokes. <laughs> That's dad. That's dad's uh, dadisms uh, training, you know. Oh my god! And and what's in it for me? A lot of a lot of a lot of people, you know, they're they'll do things you don't understand, and it's like, well, what's in it? What what are they getting out of it? What what's in it for them? What's in it for me? Kind of thinking is useful in those situations. But yeah, if 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 you're all in it for you, then you are not worried about making the world a better place. And so you, you become potentially uh, disadvantageous to your tribe to have around. And that's not a good situation to be in. You want to, you want to have a tribe around you. I was so glad you got that opportunity to experience another family because yours was a little, uh, it was a little uh, chaotic. Yeah. The, um, the other thing that came to mind when you were talking about your, focus uh when it came to praise when we were kids uh matthew mcconaughey is rather famous for an oscars speech or some award ceremony speech where he talks about um he doesn't have an idol you know he doesn't have a goal that he's uh careful with chasing He doesn't have an idol. He says, my comp, my only competition is the man I was yesterday. Yep. Yep. And that's that's it. Am I, am I better than I was yesterday? And every single day, that's all he thinks about. Am I better than I was yesterday? Am I better than, and so what you said was like being competing with ourselves. Um, and you know, that can get toxic too, right? Like I want to encourage people to like, yeah, you take, can take a day anything. to rest and you, you can be yeah. imperfect and you can be needy and you can ask yeah. for help and all of those things. But also like, are you, are you being a better version of yourself every single day? And that's the mm-hmm. only person you're in competition with, yeah. um, is you. Yeah. I think so. that's the day to day. I think that's the day to day perspective. There are also times where you need to be competitive. Hey, I want that job and there's three of us up for it. Yeah. There's it's warfare. It's him or me. There's, you know, there are situations where you need to be able to like in karate, you know, where you need to throw the switch and it's like, no, this one's going to be me. <laughs> you know, I am, yeah. I am going to take you down. Um, but too much, too much of anything is bad for you. You know, you can't be yeah. like that all the time. I think a, I think a healthier uh, way to be is is day at a time, 
who was I yesterday? I like that. I did not know. I did not realize I shared values like that with uh, Matthew McConaughey. I'm I'm careful of idolizing movie stars, but that sounds like a pretty good attitude. I'll have to. Well, we don't watch, need to idolize him. It was just an example of a yeah. of a way that he he phrased what you were talking about in a very simplified way that is easy to remember. Yeah. Um, yeah. Be, be better today than you were yesterday. The man you were yesterday. Yeah person you were yesterday um so bringing all of that back to the way that we praise our children so that they grow up with this mindset of not being in competition with every single person around them of not constantly having to people please for the adults in their life but that the adults the trusted adults that they are in the care of love them for who they are and they are worthy regardless of their achievements of love Mm -hmm. and acceptance Mm -hmm and good things. Um, they're worthy of our eyes lighting up and celebrating them just because they're here, just because they exist, just because of their innate goodness. Um, and so I wanted to offer a few examples of phrases. I know that we've offered some along the way, but I just want to go through and offer some examples of phrasing for different situations and whatnot that people can write down or practice um, or listen to this recording, you know, and and pause it and write these down. Um, Keep them on a post-it on the mirror for you getting ready in the morning. Say them to yourselves. Say them to yourselves. It will make it so much easier for you to say it to your children um, and the people in your life. And like I work, I even work on this with my friends, like with my, my girlfriends, instead of being like, I'm so proud of you. I say, I'm so happy for you because me being proud of you it is irrelevant. You're not here to make me proud. Like I'm happy for you as a voluntary, you know, um, gift of joy and excitement at your joy and excitement. You're happy about it. Right. I'm happy for you. I'm not right. proud of you for achieving this random thing. Uh, I, I see how hard you worked at it. And I'm so happy for you that you got what you wanted. Yep. Right. Yep, so anyway, I so I'm agree. just going to, I'm just going to read through these um, as tangible, tangible takeaways for our audience. So, um, You worked so hard. Wow. How do you feel about it? I see you trying your best every time and you're going to get there. I believe in you no matter what happens. You are so creative. I am so impressed by you. You are so good to your team. I know it's hard when you don't make it. Everyone struggles sometimes. You are strong and brave. Are you ready to try again or do you want to take a break? So those are just, or I'm happy for you. The one that I just gave that I use for my friends is like, I'm, I'm happy for you. When your child tells you they did something and they are outwardly excited about it, I'm yeah, so happy for you. Themselves, you, you seem know, so happy and proud of yourself. You worked so hard on that. I'm so happy for you. Yeah. Instead of saying, I'm proud of you, which makes it about them pleasing you. 
That's right. Instead of, right. are you, aren't you so proud of yourself? You worked so hard on that. I'm That's so right. happy for you. It's funny that little changes we make that create different results. Yeah. You know? And that, and this goes back to intrinsic motivation. So the long-term results from providing praise um, or celebration of your children around everyday things, not just around their achievements or around the journey to the achievement, um, or even around, I even put on here, celebrate the failures, draw the picture for your children that there's, there's this great picture that I love. Um, and it's, it's a drawing of a staircase going nowhere. It's just like, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. whatever. And then the top is success or achievement or the goal, whatever your but goal is. every yeah. single step is labeled failure, 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 <laughs> failure, because each failure is another building block to build the staircase to where you're going. Yeah. And so when we, when we fall into failure, or we're so disappointed in our kid every time they fail, or we make failure this terrible thing and that needs to be overcome and the, just keep your eye on the success and keep like, no matter what, that's all that matters is achieving that goal. It's like, there are lots of things that we start and we fail a hundred times before we hit the goal, or yep. there are things that we start because we think we want that goal. and after five or six failures, we're like, you know what? This actually isn't worth it to me. And I actually want to go do this thing. And there's also this thing in our society where changing your mind is like a crime. Yeah. Oh, that they don't stick to anything. They don't know what they want. Yeah. It's like, nobody knows what they want all of the time. The point is to learn what you want and to learn what you don't want along the way. Yeah. And even if, and if you, if you, if you start a journey and you get three steps down it, you know, you learn what was on those three steps and that that's enough to say, oh yeah, I don't want that anymore. So you go from, you go from there, you know, life is a branching tree. That's experience. uh, You know, yeah, exactly. That's a good definition of experience. Oh, no, I don't want to go any further down that path. Yep. I think I want this thing. Learned from. Yep. There's a couple of there's a couple of business models on that where you have to leave room for people to fail. You can't penalize, and even in a business mm-hmm. which is pretty cold hard cash oriented, you uh, you have to leave room for people to fail. Otherwise, otherwise your innovation and everything goes away. Nobody, it's all based on don't make a mistake. Yeah, which is human nature. That's not fair. Mis- don't teach your no kids. Misstep. Yeah. To reach for perfection because it's not real. It doesn't exist. And if yeah. we teach our children to reach for that, then you're going to have a really miserable adult child when they yeah. go out into the world or because a they're lot going more to learn <laughs> when they get on their own. <laughs> yeah. But like if you, so we need to normalize failure, we need to normalize making mistakes. Um, And of course, we're going to also normalize learning from those mistakes. Like, and when I say celebrate failure, I don't mean like, don't keep pushing your kid to reach their goals. I mean, go, oh my gosh, you fell. All right. What did we learn? What are we not going to do next time? How are we like, can you think of another way to do that? 
Yeah. Let's like, let, I'm here for you. Like, if you want my input, I'm here to help you think through that. Like, otherwise I believe in you. I know you're how creative you are and I know that you're going to solve this problem. Yeah. And if you well, don't solve this problem, yeah, yeah. And decide that, that that's not your goal anymore. That's okay too. Um, yeah. You choose perseverance or you choose to let it go. And that doesn't mean you're giving up. It doesn't mean that you don't know what you want out of life. It means I've tried this thing and I've decided it's not for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be it's a teaching like moment too. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. The, uh, the uh, you know, if a kid comes home from school and they're frustrated, they've, they've, they're not successfully dealing with a friend or a challenge or a bully or mm-hmm. something like that. You can get them to talk about, well, so what'd you do? And I said, well, so how'd that, so how'd that work out? You know, and you can kind of teach them to think through uh, yeah, okay, I went and yelled and screamed at them, and they didn't react too well to that. Okay, okay, well, we can check that off the list of things to try yeah. next time. You know, okay, one less one less thing to try. Um, what do you want to do next? Yeah. And, uh, you know, coach, it's coaching. It's te- not teaching your kids, avoiding teaching your kids things they're going to have to unlearn later anyway. Uh, seems like a productive way to look at it as far as you can and it's long-term life skills we're not instead of trying to force our children into behaving or there's only one pathway to success or getting embarrassed if our kid acts out in church or whatever there's not a person sitting in that church who does not understand a child not being able to sit still like there's no this need for this for this they're, it's either this or that. They're either behaving or they're not, and they're going to listen to me or they're going to obey or they're going to whatever. Yeah. Yeah. The real world doesn't work that way. And so why are we raising our children to think like this? Like, do you know how hard it is to undo the first 18 years of your life? Oh, it's, uh, call it impossible. You know, yeah. it's, uh, some of it is you're never going to. That's that's why your mind uh, so will many never people change. have said, uh, "Give me your, give me your child till he's ten, and I'll have him for life." You know, that's yeah. when you, that's when you mold the breed. Yeah, yeah. The rest of it's unlearning and relearning. Yeah, I usher at church. I you stand in the back and see if anybody needs anything. And recently, we've had more kids. You know, we're getting more kids, and uh, and when the kids are yelling and screaming or something, you know, it's pretty casual. It just make it makes me laugh because I remember. Yeah being in church with you guys yeah. trying to get uh, two and three year olds to sit still through a church service and uh, uh, the little old ladies helping and you know yeah. tickling your wrists and and yeah. trying to trying to get you to do things you're not designed to do at that right. point like at three who is expect <laughs> that's the other thing that's the other piece of it is like stop having unrealistic developmental expectations yeah. of three year olds yeah. three year olds yeah. aren't meant now to sit still for 45 laugh. minutes they're not making that much noise. It seems like <laughs> it when you're sitting next to them, but they're not. Yeah. The preachers are used to that, you know. Right. I would always, I always, I remember giggling. <laughs> Even when I was like 12 and 13, I'd hear a baby cry or I'd hear a kid mm-hmm. like scream after mm-hmm. being kept quiet for so long. And then they'd finally just be like, nah! like okay. high pitched, like ringing and the sermon would just Had keep enough. going. <laughs> Had enough. Yeah. I just, I don't know. Somehow that's a joyful moment for me now. I don't know what's, what, what's going on in my head. Right. Cause you, well, cause you can look back one, you've been through it. So you know how, what it feels like, but two, you can also look at that 
and go, you have, it's almost like you have empathy for your younger self feeling like Mm. you needed to feeling like you needed to cut that off or that somehow people were looking at you, looking down on you because your child was screaming when really most of them were probably doing what you're doing now, which is kind of giggling to themselves and being like, I feel for you. Like that's hard. That's tough. Yeah. Put them in a nursery. (laughs) Right. Send them them to Sunday school. That's why. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, we are just past an hour. So do you have any like final thoughts or anything? Any concluding thoughts on our topic of praising? I don't think so. I think I interrupted enough. I got, uh, I got everything out. It is a learning. You know, I love these talks we have. Uh, it's a learning thing. You still, you, you never get perfect at it. You know, you can get yeah. good at it, but there's always another situation in a, in another set of circumstances and another kid and, and uh, uh, be kind to yourself and keep trying and take a bath and try to get some good sleep. And, right. You know, keep keep at it one day at a time, a little better, a yeah. little, little, you know, two, two, two steps, two, two forward and one back is the goal, right? Yeah. Make a little progress <clears throat> with yourself. And as your habits improve, your mental health improves or whatever, then so will your children. And uh, hopefully we'll all do it together, but it never ends. Yeah. Um, So we are, uh, if you listened to last week's episode, you heard at the very end that we are running a social media campaign, uh, not a, sorry, a sponsorship campaign starting September Mm -hmm. 1st via social media and um and so we but we need we need your guys's help so anyone who's listening to this um if you have not already please go click follow and subscribe um follow on spotify subscribe on youtube and we we need as many subscribers and follows and downloads um so even if you don't have time to listen to all the episodes if you're if you're new here um and you haven't gotten through all the episodes yet go click the download button because that is what um sends information to the algorithm that we are popular enough to matter (laughs) and to be seen by other people who are searching for parenting content. And so, um, but if you, if you do nothing else, please go to our YouTube channel and click subscribe. You can turn off the notifications. Um, but we need your guys's help in order to achieve our goal of, um, 10,000, downloads and subscribers in the month of September. And we're going to launch our social media campaign on September 1st. So if you can get in there in the month of August, this is August, 2023. If you're listening to this and it is still August, 2023, please, please, please Mm -hmm. go to our YouTube channel and click subscribe, Uh, go onto Spotify, click follow, and then click all the download buttons on all the episodes. You will help us get our message out to everyone to get this free information, free coaching, free tactics out to parents who don't even know stuff like this exists. I literally still have not met a parent today 
who knew that parent coaching and parenting education was a thing. Um, they just thought they had to find the right book or talk to their pediatrician. Um, and so please click those buttons for us. It'll take you 10 seconds. Um, it costs nothing and it will make a world of difference for people who are looking for us. Um, thank you. We love you. And we'll be back. We have three weeks in a row of guests coming up starting cool. next week. So cool. we'll have back to back guests. We'll have our first dad on the show in two weeks from now. I'm really mm-hmm. excited about that. I've got two men lined up to be on the show, um, which is I'm trying to get dad. I'm trying to get more uh, male input, more. I'm trying to get dads seen and heard because I know that for a lot of men, there's a lot of, um, there's a lack, there's a lack of community for men and dads. And so there's, there's fear around admitting that like parenting, like I want to be a really good parent or I'm really focused on being a good parent and compassionate and emotionally intelligent. There's, there's, um, the support groups for moms are abundant, and the support groups for dads are not. And so I want Pretty dad thin. voices heard on here as well. So yeah. that's what we're working on for you guys. Um, please like and subscribe and download. Help us out. And um, yeah, happy parenting and good luck out there. Yeah, yeah. Well, did you learn anything new? Or have you heard all of this before? Do you agree with us? Disagree with us? Have a question? We want to see you in our inbox or via the Patreon page in the show notes. Tap on either link to send us your feedback, share your own parenting story, or support our mission of providing a connected community for all parents. And don't forget to hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. If you loved this episode, click on that little star and give us five of them so we can get visible to other parents who are looking for us. This is your weekly reminder. Parents, you already have everything you need inside of you. You are a strong, loving, capable parent. And here, you are never alone. I'll see you next week.